This is Wonder, the travel podcast, where you can listen to conversations about experiences, adventures, and all things travel. My name is Christine Mitchie, and welcome to Wonder. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. Today, we're going to be talking about a really exciting place. But before we get into that, I'm going to give a quick recap of the trailer, talking a little bit about who I am, why I started Wonder, and and what our goal is. And then we'll go ahead and get into the the location that we are wondering about today. So a quick recap of who I am. My name is Christine, and I am an American living in Sydney, and I moved here just about five years ago in November. And I moved here for work originally, so I hadn't thought too much about Australia before I moved here, but I have loved Australia. Uh, I've been really enjoying living here, and it's a really great place that has a lot to offer that I think so many people don't realize really how incredible Australia is. So feeling really lucky that I'm able to to live and work here and living outside of the US has been a really cool experience, something that was always one of my goals to do when I was in college studying international uh, international studies. A quick recap of what we covered in our trailer talking a little bit about how Wonder came to be. My initial thought to start a podcast was was years ago. I've always wanted to start a podcast. I love the podcasting medium. I think there's something so special about taking different stories and putting them on a podcast and being able to connect them with millions and you know billions of people around the world. And I've also found so much value and inspiration and different podcasts, everything from you know, health and wellness podcasts to politics podcasts to building a business, whatever it might be. I think there's so much content that you can learn and grow from via podcasting. And it's also just such an accessible form of of medium that you can listen as you're you're walking, exercising, whatever it might be. So I've always loved podcasts and I've always loved travel. And I work in the travel industry. I work for a company that works with tour and activity companies and we get to work with the most exciting part of travel, in my opinion, which is what you do on your your trips and what the adventures are that you're having. You know, whether it's snorkeling, it's scuba diving, it's skydiving, you know, it's canoeing, kayaking, uh, you know, through the Amazon, whatever it might be. We work with tour and activity operators that power those experiences. And I have been working there for six and a half years when really I I got into to this company by happenstance uh, when I was uh, when I just recently graduated college but six and a half years later I've developed a career with this this company in this industry that I love and have had so much enthusiasm about since day one and so when the time came for uh, me to actually travel an upcoming trip to Italy which I'll be posting some updates about as we go about traveling or planning our travels there because Italy is actually an interesting place to be planning a trip to because there's so much content, but it's a bit of decision fatigue and that there's so much content. It can be a little bit overwhelming to navigate. But when my boyfriend and I started planning this trip to Italy a couple months ago, finding that there was so much content on where to go, what to see, how to get there, restaurants to to check out, restaurants not to check out. And we were able to, to create a plan and put what together that we wanted to do, but it wasn't easy. I watched about 100 
50 TikToks, probably more embarrassingly. And I read a number of different blogs. I've gotten so many suggestions from different places and I've tried to compile them all in different notes. And it, I realized that one of the things that was missing from this whole experience was just being able to put on a long form podcast to hear about someone's general experience in an area, whether it's you know, anecdotes about their experience, what they enjoyed, what they didn't, whether it's really specific to how they planned their trip, whatever it might be, there wasn't anything to support this type of uh, this type of curiosity that I had in a way that I could just put it on, go for an hour long walk, and I could come back with a full download of of what to do. And I think that that's one of the benefits of podcasting. Um, you know, can of course provide for us is that long form content. So I thought that I you know maybe this is a a niche in the industry that hasn't been filled yet, or if it has, maybe I can offer a different perspective, Um, you know, having also, you know, been working and, and in the industry with people um, who are really propelling part of the industry and the experiences. So I am hopeful that I'll be able to, to connect the experiences that I talk about, whether they're my own or with guests on the podcast, with some of the, the perspective that I have from my experience working in the travel industry to put together a podcast for people like you that love to travel, love to listen about travel, want to know about a specific place, want to hear about some some general experiences and or are you're just adding trips to your uh, your your never ending bucket list. This is going to be a great podcast for you. And I'm really excited to get started today with a location that's really special to me. But after that, I'm really excited to grow and develop this podcast with locations and talking about travel and adventure from all over the world. Um, and I think one thing that I get really excited about too, and I'm talking about this is, you know, when you think about your friends that you have trips that they've they've been on and that they're currently on, and it's such a great way to connect with your friends, to hear about their experiences, whether you traveled with them or, or you're just catching up. And, you know, I think about this year, I have friends that have gone to New York, friends that have gone to New- Hong Kong, Columbia. Columbia, you know, home to the UK, wherever it might be, there's been so many great experiences that one, I want to connect with them on those experiences and bring them on the podcast. But I think also too, they all have so much to add uh, and guess that we, you know, I haven't even thought of yet, have so much to add to this never ending conversation of how do we create the best trip possible uh, on the the travel and trips that we're taking because we only have so much time to travel throughout the year. Most of us do anyway. And so we really want to get uh, our bang for our buck. So that's a little bit about wonder. What we'll be talking about today is a special spot, like I had mentioned, and we're talking about my hometown. We are talking about Missoula, Montana, and it is an incredibly special place to me. Um, but a lot of people have known and heard of Montana through the very hit popular show Wonder, very hit and popular show. Not wonder, not this show, but. I guess maybe now you have heard of it through this show, but through the very big show, Yellowstone. Yellowstone is Kevin Costner's show. Very interesting. I've only watched a couple of episodes, but the cinematography is 
phenomenal. Of course, it's filmed in Montana and it's so incredible and vast there. And one of the benefits of Yellowstone is that when I introduce myself here in Australia or I'm traveling around and people initially ask where I'm from and I say Montana, people now within the last couple of years actually have some background to place me in Montana now that they have seen Yellowstone, which might not seem like a lot. But when I had first moved here, whenever I would tell people that I'm from Montana, people would just give me a pretty blank stare and they would say, I have no idea where that is. And I would say, no problem. A lot of people don't from outside of Montana. But we're going to be talking a little bit about Missoula today. And a recent trip that I took to Missoula. So I wanted to start with this with Missoula because one, I'm from there, so it's really close to home. I know it really well and I could talk about it for this podcast times a hundred. But I also think that it's a really great place to to talk about and that it's summertime. It's the best time to travel there. I just went and visited my family, so it's very fresh. And I just actually even saw today in a conversation at work, someone is traveling to Montana and wanted some recommendations. So actually quite funny how it all ties together. One of my favorite podcasts, Armchair Expert, they always kind of quote things being like we're in a simulation. And that felt very simulation for me as I was going to record this episode today. And I saw that someone was looking for recommendations and insights on traveling to Montana. So whether or not we're in a simulation, who really knows? But we're going to be talking about Missoula today. So where is Missoula? Missoula is in the state of Montana in the U.S. and it's tucked in the Rocky Mountains. It's south of Calgary, uh, about eight hours. And so we share a border with Canada. We share a border with Idaho, North Dakota, and Wyoming. And so we're tucked in this really great spot. There is so much beauty and Montana specifically is called Big Sky Country, which I love. And I was at a dinner just last night and the one of the the friends that we were at dinner with said how much she loves that Montana's called Big Sky Country and people ask you you know why is it called Big Sky Country Montana's called Big Sky Country because when you are in Montana truly the sky just never ends it has feels like the biggest sky you've ever seen um, and the buildings are low there's so much vast space where there aren't even buildings and it's just this amazing view for as far as the eye can see, which is just incredible. Missoula specifically is, to put it in in perspective, it's about eight hours east of Seattle. It is about three and a half hours northwest of Bozeman uh, slash Yellowstone, roughly. And, And so it's it's situated just about the middle of uh, the state on the western coast uh, or on the western um, edge of the state. When you think about Missoula, you think about and you think about who would enjoy Missoula. Missoula is a really great place. One to raise a family. I have to say, having grown up there, had the most wonderful childhood in really growing up with a great appreciation for the outdoors, really great connection to to nature. Also, just learning to to value this connection with the outside that I think a lot of people might miss out on if they grow up in the city. I really loved growing up here. It's a great place for families and it's it's also a great place to adventure with friends. Um, you know, I've had people who've said that they've taken their families there, they've gone with friends. You there's so many different activities that you can do in Missoula. The the list goes on. So, I think the only people that might not enjoy Missoula if you didn't love 
being in the outdoors and you didn't like doing outdoor activities, it might not be your favorite spot. But that being said, I feel really confident that Missoula has something to offer for everyone. So I think anyone would really enjoy Missoula. And when I was preparing for this episode, I was looking up how many people travel to Missoula. And it was actually pretty interesting. It's difficult to find yearly data on this, um, which doesn't surprise me because Montana itself is always just a little bit off the grid. But I was able to find that uh, over 12 million non-residents visited Montana in 2021, which is way more than I thought that it would have been. Although I guess in my mind, maybe I had a couple million, but 12 million was was quite a lot. And in Missoula alone, there was there's no kind of clear answer of like, there's no clear metric on how many people visited Missoula. Although one website I found referenced the number of uh, individual sessions that the Visit Missoula website had as visitors to Missoula, which I thought was, I thought that was quite sweet. Um, they have about 1.2 million individual visitors on their website. So they are quantifying that as number of visitors to Missoula which is maybe a strong stretch, but these 12 million visitors that did visit Montana in 2021 spent over $5 billion throughout the entire state of Montana. And around 300 million of that was directly in Missoula. Um, so tourism is pretty big for Montana. Um, and most travelers that are referenced in these metrics traveled between July and September. And so my first tip for, for Missoula and first thing to know about Missoula is the best time to visit Missoula is hands down in the summer. The summer is when Missoula shines the brightest. It is so beautiful. And I'll go into more specifics on my recent trip um, in the second half, but it is a phenomenal place to experience the best part of nature. Everything's blooming. It's bright. It's sunny. It's warm. The rivers are cold. The uh, you know animals are out. The deer are eating everybody's plants in town. And it's it's just a really magical place in the summer. Not to even forget to mention that the sun stays out until, you know, it's not, it's not even pitch black dark at 10 p.m. I was so surprised when I went home and reminded that the sun is out for so long. It, it rises early, it sets really late. Whereas if you're in Australia, if you're in Sydney specifically, even in the dead of summer on the summer solstice, it's it's still going to be dark at 8.30. So it's really nice to have that extra couple hours of light and it just makes the days feel incredibly long. So if you're visiting, you know, you can really maximize the, the daytime and getting up early, you have this whole day of this amazing light and you're able to fill with so many activities. When I think about why Missoula is great to visit, I think about all the amazing things that there are to do that we're going to go into when you talk about my trip. But a couple to just throw out one, that Missoula is full of so many different things to do. It's outdoor activities, there are concerts. We have a couple of great restaurants. I say a couple because Missoula is also a pretty small town. Last I checked, the population was about 65,000. So it's not massive. And you know, when I compare it to Sydney, it's the size of a small suburb, <laughs> but and it fits really well for, for Montana. But there, there's something to do for any part of the day as well. On the weekends, there are these markets, and then you can do outdoor activities, you can spend time on the river, and you can go to a concert in the evening. And so it really does have this ver- array of things to do. 
But I also think too, Missoula is is a really great place to visit to learn a little bit of history. There's some great history about Missoula. Thinking back to the the beaver trade and the gold mining days, there's some great history. And we have got a couple of great museums as well. And so if you're wanting to know a little bit about the Lewis and Clark Trail, part of that went through Missoula. There's a lot of history on that as well. So there's there's a lot of different things that you can you can get out of visiting Missoula. And when, when you think about planning a trip to Missoula, there are a couple of things that I would kind of take into account. One, I don't think that Missoula, if you're visiting for the first time, you don't need to spend weeks there. I think that Missoula, like I said, in the summer, the days are long. You could easily spend a really nice long weekend in Missoula if you are close by. That being said, Missoula is not an easy place to get to. There are only a number of flights going to a handful of locations. So it's not the easiest to get to, um, but you can get there pretty easily, you know, if you are in one of the surrounding states. But that being said, it's about an eight hours drive from from Seattle. So it's still a bit of a trek if you are driving from the surrounding areas. But one of my friends last year, they did a road trip from Michigan to Seattle. And um, her and her boyfriend stopped through Missoula for a couple of days and had a great time. They were able to hit all of the the best spots, a couple of the best hikes, uh, and they were able to get a really good grasp of Missoula while they were visiting. And so I think a couple days uh, is perfect, whether that's two to three days, you know, four days, amazing. It's a really good time to stay you know, we're looking at kind of anywhere from two to four days. Um, you could do one day in and out. I don't think that you'd be able to really get everything out of out of a visit to Missoula. So I would dec- definitely recommend two nights, three days is an ideal time to spend there. And know what to know before you go. I think that Missoula is a really easy place to to stop into. That being said, Anything that you want to do, you know, in terms of where to stay, I would definitely book in advance. We don't know, based on the data, how many of these 12 million people visiting Montana are going to Missoula, but we can assume, as we noted, that maybe there's 1.2 million going to Missoula, and that's quite a bit larger than the population itself. And so the the town is small. There's only you know 65, maybe there's 70,000 now in the city of Missoula. So there's not a lot of massive hotels. Things can sell out really quickly and easily. So if you're booking a place to stay, I would definitely book a couple months in advance. And when you're there, if you are coming in and you're, let's say you're flying in, there's no need to to bring a lot of equipment let's say you're mountain biking or you know even you're skiing or or anything that really requires re- equipment you can easily take uh, or head to the rental spots and get great rentals for any of the activities so you can fly in fly out it's pretty straightforward just a note on places outside of Missoula um, quickly, because I know a lot of people really um, are familiar with Bozeman and the Yellowstone area. Those places, I would say, are two places that you hands down want to 100% book as far in advance as you can, because they book out really far in advance, especially with Yellowstone, Montana's gained popularity. There's a lot higher demand in those areas. So you'll want to make sure that you're booking there as soon as you decide that your plans are to come. 
But in terms of where to stay, if you are booking um, to come to Missoula, there are a number of hotels, but the best hotels are going to be in the downtown area of Missoula, or as uh, the Australians call it, the central business district. So downtown Missoula is a great place to spend time in itself. And one of the great things about Missoula is that since I've actually moved out of Missoula, they have put these amazing, really eclectic and really cute hotels in downtown Missoula. So you can stay in these lovely hotels right in downtown in the center. So you can walk a lot of places. It's right there, right next to the river, great shops and and restaurants and whatnot in the main downtown part. So there are, that's would be my first suggestion on where to stay. Outside of that, there's Airbnbs and areas, you know, the South Hills, there's the downtown, the university area is probably the best area to stay in if, if you can with an Airbnb. Um, and I would really avoid spending any time in anywhere um, outside of the really main kind of downtown area. And when you look at a map, you can kind of look and see, you know, where everything is and everything's kind of condensed in one main area. And you want to stick to that area because that's where most of the, the best parts are of Missoula. When you're planning your trip here, I've had people ask me before, how do you get around? And I just want to make a, a note that Missoula does not is not known for its public transport, especially now having lived in Sydney. I know what good public transport looks like here. Although if you're Australian, you're listening to this, you might not rank uh, Sydney as the best public transport. It doesn't come without its faults, but when I compare it to Missoula, Montana, it certainly shines very bright. In saying that, Missoula does not have great public transit. It's better, I think, than when when I grew up there. But that being said, it's not what you want to be relying on. And Ubers, there, again, are not an overwhelming amount of Uber drivers. So if demand is high, you can be stuck places for a while waiting for an Uber driver. That's happened to me. Also, if you're Missoula, there's not that many Uber drivers. So I've also had the same Uber driver multiple times in Missoula. Again, it's a really small town. So I wouldn't rely on Ubers as well, unless you're going out for dinner and you're going to have some drinks and you want to get home, Ubers are great for that. But for the main part of the day-to-day, if you're doing activities and whatnot, you'll definitely want to have a car. Now that we've gone a little bit of an overview of Missoula, I'm going to talk a little bit more specifically about my trip to Missoula and, and what that looked like. The preparation for this trip was pretty straightforward and that, of course, I'm from Missoula. So I was staying with my family. I bought the flight about four months in advance, which was a pretty good time to buy it. I think after I bought the flight, there was a few notifications that I had had that the the flight price had actually dropped. So around three to four months um, is a really good time frame. And that's also going all the way from Sydney to Missoula. That is that's a longer flight, but you know, even if you are, let's say, in Florida, you're you're gonna be looking at, you know, two, if not sometimes three flights to get to Montana. But if you're closer, like Denver, there's direct flights. And I actually went to college in Denver. And one of the best parts is they didn't always have a direct flight to Denver. They added it about halfway through my college uh, years. So it was amazing not having to go to Salt Lake every single time, although often that is a really cheap flight going to Salt Lake and then Missoula. You don't need to really plan the flights much further than that. Like I had noted earlier, you'll want to make sure that you're booking rentals, especially if you are going to any lakes 
really far in advance. So me and my sister and my mom were wanting to go up to Flathead Lake. And when we were looking at rentals, they, when we just had taken a look at rentals when we were about to leave, just to see what was on there, there wasn't much at all. So the popular places in Montana and around Missoula, Flathead Lake, Sealy Lake, uh, Bozeman, Yellowstone, all those places, there's not a lot of inventories. So you'll really need to book those really far in advance. But outside of that, for the general day-to-day activities that you're going to be doing, you really don't need much planning. Same with restaurants as well. You can usually book those, you know, the day of or a couple days before, but for day-to-day activities, you won't need to have much advanced planning. So you'll want to get the transport side of the transport and where you're staying. You want to get those dialed in, but everything else you can, you really work out on trip for the most part. And talking about this trip, I want to highlight, you know, what some of the best parts were and really through that, we'll talk a little bit about what the best parts of Missoula are. So this trip was visiting family. That was the reason why I went. And in that, we ended up having a really lovely time spending time outdoors, which was great because I usually end up going home in the winter time. And in the winter, it's just quite cold. We can go cross-country skiing or snowshoeing or skiing, but that's only going to bring us outside for a couple of hours. And even then, Missoula got to like negative 30s this last winter. And so it can be really cold. The highlights of this trip, I loved the hikes that I did on this trip. So I made it a goal to go on hikes that I hadn't been on before on this trip, and they did not disappoint. Missoula has some of the most breathtaking hikes that are just five minutes from the downtown area. You can be in downtown and go on a hike really closely. You don't even need to jump in a car or anything like that. Um, It's really easy to just go straight up the mountain. And the main mountain, one of the main mountains with the main hikes in Missoula is called Mount Sentinel. It has a giant M on it. And a lot of people think that it stands for Missoula, but it in fact stands for uh, Mount Sentinel. And the other uh, mountain is Mount Jumbo. And those two mountains have great hikes that there's so many of them off of both of those. You can hike to the top, you can hike around. And they also form this canyon where the river goes through, which is called Hellgate Canyon, which creates also a beautiful view. So if you're looking at any photos of Missoula, you can see the mountains, you can see the canyon and the river, and and it's just amazing. But the hikes were amazing. I did a couple of hikes. So one, um, actually both that I really enjoyed were up this uh, area called Paddy Canyon. Paddy Canyon is on the side of Mount Sentinel. And so I did a couple of hikes there, one with some friends and one with my dad um, that I really enjoyed where we went up two different areas and the wildflowers were in the most full force I've ever seen them. One of the most beautiful things about Missoula, I think, is that every time I go back in the summer, and I actually haven't been back in the summer for um, I think like six years, is that the the wildflowers are so much more over like across all these different areas than I had remembered the last time. And so when I was growing up, I didn't really actually remember wildflowers being so present and apparent everywhere. Maybe they were and I just didn't realize. Maybe it was because my school made us go and pick 
napweed out of the mountainsides. So we weren't spending time next to the wildflowers. I'm not sure, but I didn't remember them being, you know, everywhere in the way that they were on this trip. They just were and I will show this on on our TikTok, but they were on covering the mountainsides, these yellow balsam roots and these lupin and these uh, you know Indian paintbrushes, another really beautiful red flower that is just super gorgeous. And those were everywhere. And so that was great. My sister actually, she's a landscape architect and she has also become what I have deemed her uh, like plantopedia. And so everywhere that we went on this trip, she always had a you know, insights into these different plants, what they were called, what type of care they needed, uh, what worked for them in terms of sun, not sun, what where they should be planted next to, where they shouldn't be planted next to, and whatnot. And if she were on this podcast, she would like me to make an announcement that uh, juniper trees are incredibly dangerous. They're very flammable. And if you know anyone who has a juniper tree next to their house, you should advise them to remove it immediately. This was a topic of conversation across our our family as our, our porch had actually burned down at one point many years ago. And the um, we had two juniper trees next to the house and they had caught fire via some fireworks and just lit up like a, you know, a fuse pretty um, pretty intensely. Good news was everything was okay, including the pets inside. So the the fire department got on it pretty quickly, but make sure juniper trees are nowhere near any houses. Outside of the hikes, we also went mountain biking, which was beautiful as well. Missoula has some phenomenal mountain biking trails. And for anyone who's been to Queenstown, you can mountain bike straight out of the main town. Um, you can also buy a hike straight out of the main town. Really similar to Missoula. That actually part of Queenstown really reminds me a lot of Missoula. Um, so you can rent your mountain bike and you can bike straight up the mountain and go mountain biking. And you can do that in Missoula as well, which is absolutely phenomenal. So we did that. It was amazing. And we did it with a bit of a lower incline than I have done before, which it was very much appreciated because for those of you who've been mountain biking, when you get on some of these trails and the incline is, you know, 80 degrees, it's incredibly taxing and you feel like your heart's going to crawl out of your chest and run away from you. Uh, but this one was was a lot uh, less strenuous for the uphill, although after about an hour of biking, you know, even on maybe like a 55 degree incline, it was still pretty strenuous. But we had a great time. So the mountain biking was amazing. And the second biggest highlight was going to two different lakes. So I noted these at the in the earlier part of this and talking about surrounding lakes, but we went to Flathead Lake and we went to Seeley Lake. And Seeley Lake is an hour outside of Missoula. It's amazing, a great lake. There's a series of actually smaller lakes um, that are around Seeley Lake. There's Seeley Lake and Salmon Lake and a couple of other smaller ones. And they're gorgeous. They're amazing. They're really small not as busy as Flathead Lake can be, but Flathead Lake is the biggest freshwater lake in Montana. Uh, It's also the biggest freshwater lake west of the Mississippi. And it is one of the most gorgeous lakes with the clearest water. And it is so amazing. Some of my favorite memories as, you know, growing up and and even visiting home or at Flathead Lake. So I took a trip up there with my mom and my sister and then in Sealy Lake, uh, my sister and a couple of friends went up there and we just had a blast visiting both of those. Sealy Lake is really great for camping right on the lake. So you can 
get canned slots right, right next to the lake. And it's, it's a really great place to go with the family, really low key, really seasoned tried and true campers camp there um, and kind of make their way through the, through the woods kind of after Sealy Lake. So it's a great place to go if you're, you're into camping and want to maybe do a little bit of lake hopping as well. And last but not least, saving the best for last biggest highlight was spending time with my family. It was incredible to be able to come home in the summer. I don't get to come home in the summer very often. And I truly can't remember the last time I spent two weeks home in the summer. And so it was really amazing to be able to come home, spend time with my family. My sister had taken time off of work. We were able to get a lot of activities in through my parents' days off. And we had a lot of dinners with the family. We had dinners with friends. And it was really something special to be able to to do so in the summer. We don't often get to do the activities that we did in the summer in, in the winter time. And so it just felt like seeing a whole different side of Missoula, which is why one of the reasons why I was so excited to start with this episode, because Missoula is just, I feel so reinvigorated with how amazing it is in the summer. And I want everyone to to know how lovely it is to be able to go and visit. So if you're my family and you're listening, I love you all so much. I'm so happy that we had such a great time and thanks for spending all the time with me that you did on this last trip. And I can't wait to see you again soon. The next part that I really enjoyed of the trip was heading to getting to some of the the food places that we went to. Some notable highlights are one and I'm going to start with the one that I can't even remember the name of, but I'll look it up and and I'll figure it out in a second. But we went to this amazing French restaurant that used to be the Pearl. So if you know Missoula, you know the Pearl. It was great. Um, they've made it into this new French restaurant. Phenomenal wine and amazing food. I think the best meal I've actually had in Missoula um, itself. So let me actually look this up because I really want to make sure that to not leave everyone hanging. So it's called Braiserie Port Rouge. And I'm probably botching that with my non-French accent, but that's okay because I'm doing the best that I can. Um, so that is the French restaurant. It is amazing. And you have to go there if you're in Missoula. It is such elevated cuisine for Missoula that you will not be believe that you're actually not in France. Um, and I have visited France and this isn't to the level of French cuisine in France, but it comes very close for, for Missoula. The next place that we went to a lot was called Basil, which is like a salad and smoothie bar. It is phenomenal and you cannot go past it if you are in Missoula. We ate here for breakfast. We ate here for lunch. We got these amazing smoothies with this like blue stuff in it and what they, a brand of, I think, milk of some sort that's called moon milk, which uh, was, was really fun to think about. So we, I would definitely recommend there. And then the last, um, but not least, just notable standout from this trip was Good Food Store. The Good Food Store is, if you can imagine, if you've ever been to the U.S. or if you're from the U.S., a Whole Foods, but like a local version of Whole Foods. Good Food Store is locally owned. It's amazing. It has a lot of the same brands, like natural, kind of a lot of organic brands, healthy foods. Uh, But they have this amazing salad bar with this incredible ranch dressing. If you're American in Sydney or you visited Sydney and you love ranch, you know that there's no ranch here. And so this is the best ranch I've ever had at the Good Food Store. I think about it 
more often than I'd like to admit. And I wish that I could transport it here regularly, but I do go there and stock up on ranch when I'm home. So I definitely recommend the good food store. They have a lots of other things as well. Um, sandwiches, salads, uh, smoothies, great smoothies as well. They actually had this smoothie that had kombucha in it, which was a really cool take on smoothies that I hadn't seen before. So they're innovating over there, the good food store. Other places that I would recommend and that I really enjoyed going to, one, the breweries are amazing in, in Missoula. Missoula has a lot of different breweries. Last I had checked, this was a while ago, but they had the most breweries per capita outside of Grand Rapids and Denver, Colorado. So Missoula has a great brewery scene. If you love craft beers, Missoula is the place for you. There is a great brewery called Conflux downtown. It's a great outdoor upper patio area. Uh, the Cattle House is also a great brewery and they are a really tried and true, well-established, original OG Missoula brewery. And there's a lot of different other ones. Um, and I cannot recommend the beer enough. The beer is is great. There's also Big Sky Brewery I really enjoyed while I was home and, and a number of other ones. And I think Missoula actually takes the cake for some of the most original beers that I've seen. In Missoula, we have this fruit called the huckleberry. And if you have been to my house and you know me and you've looked in my fridge, I have huckleberry jam and huckleberries for any of the do not know. They only grow above a certain elevation and they only really grow in Montana, Washington, and Idaho. They are like a blueberry, but smaller and such a powerful taste. And they're so much better than a blueberry is. They're amazing. I don't think that anyone's lived until they've had a huckleberry. So if you're ever in the area, please get a huckleberry or come to my house. I will give you a sample of, of huckleberry jam. But the huckleberries are amazing and you can get huckleberry flavored beer in Missoula. You can get huckleberry flavored chocolate and whatnot, but yeah, very unique that you can get, you know, all these very cool different beers. Um, there's one that I really like as well. That is just a really great name is called summer honey. And this is a great like summer beer. I think this one's by Big Sky Brewery that is, I really enjoy as well. So check out the breweries. Um, the restaurants, uh, I named a couple. Um, here's a couple other notable mentions. Plonk, great place for cocktails. Amazing gin and ginger cocktail. 1979. No, it's not a play on Taylor Swift's 1989. They're not connected, but I make the joke every time that they are and that they should change their name. Then we have Five on Black and the last one I will say, drinks here are great on uh, Finn's Manor, which is a part of the Doubletree Hotel. They have a great patio that's really on the river. Actually, like when the river gets really high, it's, it's literally on the river. But when the river gets quite low, it's kind of on rocks and the river's right next to it. But you can sit out here in the summer, have a drink, watch all the fly fishermen and the uh, floaters and rafters on the river go by in the sunset. It's it's really something to be seen. So that's a great one. And in terms of other outdoor activities that I I think would I would recommend is one hiking the M Mount Sentinel is something that you can't head to Missoula and not do. When I mentioned my friend who her and her boyfriend went to Missoula and did a trip there a couple, uh, or last summer, they did this and loved it. It's a really tried and true Missoula thing. And it's great. When I was in high school, actually, we used to have to run up and down the M. So I've had, 
uh, a lot of trips up and down the M. Some have been successful without vomiting. Some haven't. Nevertheless, uh, I've done that a number of times. It's great. The river trail, also amazing. The river trail goes up and down the Clark Fork River, and there is just no going wrong with a walk on the river trail in the morning, in the evening. You, you just can't go wrong. Mountain biking, anywhere, amazing. Rafting, fishing, skiing, snowshoeing, cross-country skiing. Um, beautiful. Missoula is beautiful during the fall. So we have a college team and the are the Montana Grizzlies at the University of Montana. The football games are a ton of fun in the fall. So I would definitely recommend those. Tailgating outside the stadium is such a such a good adventure when you you're visiting in the fall. Um, and then we have the farmer's market. And I've actually forgot to mention that's one of my highlights of my trip, but the farmer's market is uh, is really great. It's one of the best farmer's markets. There's so much local produce. If you're cooking or you want some snacks, you can go down there and and head to the farmer's market. And then the way Missoula is structured is they also have a people's market. And so the people's market is a couple blocks up in the middle of downtown where the farmer's market is along the river and they have jewelry crafts. I actually got this really phenomenal piece of art on a ring that is made by a Navajo woman from this, uh, these couple of guys that sell native American jewelry, different markets. So I was lucky enough to pick one up, but there's a lot of unique pieces there. Great things to pick up different mentos and whatnot the people's market. And there's always a lot of people out and it's great to grab breakfast and, and head down there. That does lead me to talking a little bit about shopping. And this is always an interesting one. I've had uh, I've had people ask me about this as well. You know, do people go shopping? Like what's the shopping like? I will say there are a few notable boutiques in Missoula. The one that I am actually thinking of is my friend's sister's boutique. And they are um, called the general public. And she, um, Allison, she has a phenomenal boutique that is so elevated and well curated that you would think that it's in, you know, the, in Byron Bay, if you're in Australia, or you would think it's in Santa Fe, if you were in the U S it's just really well designed, well thought out. There's pieces from different small businesses that are in low, a lot of local businesses as well. So the general public is probably the best one, most notable shout out. There are a couple others, but Missoula is not known for its shopping. So if you are wanting to do shopping, there's just a little bit to do there. We do have, though, um, small plug for the Runner's Edge, which when I was home, this is a, a running store for sports shoes. They have some sports clothes. When I was home, it said that they were voted the best running shoe store in the U.S. So I don't know. I haven't I haven't fact-checked this, but if you're looking for running shoes, wait till you get to Montana and wait till you get to Missoula because you're going to go to the best running shoe store that that exists apparently in the US. So those are those are some recommendations and I'm also getting to um, I'll build up to this point. I don't have a website yet, but I will build up to a point where I'll put all of this in a post on the website and then you can also pull some of these links and whatnot that I'm talking about in here as well. Um so I will put that together and I'll make sure to do all of them as well. When I think about what I learned on this trip, I really think that I was reminded how amazing and beautiful Montana is in the spring. Montana is truly stunning. 
it's such a great time to visit. It was so phenomenal to visit and see my family in the summertime. We had also gotten a, my family had gotten a new dog named Willie and he was a rescue. And my sister had also gotten a dog, another rescue named Hasha. And spending time with the two of them in this most beautiful time in in Montana where late May, it is sunny, sun is shining, it's glowing, um, just beautiful weather all around, taking the dogs to this dog park that's right on the river and it's called Jacob's Island. And it's just this little island that's only for dogs, which is truly, actually just unreal. It was just a really great time to visit. And I felt really able to reconnect with being home I felt able to refresh and I really felt like I was just reminded I need to come back to Montana in this summer more often because it's just truly something that's unlike a lot of other places. It's just, it's completely unreal. One thing I didn't know in the outdoor activities to do as well, I mentioned rafting, but I didn't mention floating. And one of my favorite things to do in the summer in in Missoula is float the river where you get like an inner tube or any type of floating device, but usually an inner tube that they are the t- the linings for tires. So you can go pick them up and they're, they're the thick kind of black rubber ones. You need them because a lot of times you can go over rapids. So you don't want to, you don't want the easily poppable ones, but floating the river is so much fun. Taking a couple drinks with a couple of friends, floating the river, relaxing. It's hot outside. You know, it's cold in the river is is honestly, it's a daydream. So I would recommend 100% not missing out if you're there in the summer. What I want everyone to know um, after this podcast about Missoula is that it's a really great place to unwind and reconnect with nature. It's so lovely and it has so much to offer. You will, you'll consider a hidden gem. Missoulians, as we're called, consider Missoula a, a true a hidden gem. We call Montana the last best place. And there are bumper stickers that you can buy that say, keep Missoula weird. Missoula has this quirky culture paired with the outdoors that you just, you just don't want to miss. Um, it's somewhere that you can just have such a great time going from, you know, morning coffee walks to the market, going mountain biking. And then, you know, you could go hiking, you could take a nap and then go to a concert, go to dinner, go to drinks. Also, even just noting how you can do all that is any anything that you are doing is like a five, 10 minute drive away barely ever longer. So everything's so close. And in my mind, when I was home, I kept mentally being like, okay, I'm going to need to leave at this time to this time. It's going to take 30 minutes. And then we wouldn't be there in five minutes. And I was, I was just so surprised because in Sydney, if I want to get to work, you know, it's going to take like 40 minutes. So I have to to plan that. But in Missoula, you want to get downtown, um, depending on where you are, of course, but from a lot of places, it's a quick five minute drive, which is just phenomenal. So you can really enjoy a couple of days here. It's it's something different, um, but it's really uh, one of my, the U.S.'s best kept secrets. And for our Missoula conversation today, that is is really a wrap. I hope that you enjoyed listening and I hope that you've left with some great insights into what Missoula is about, how you can enjoy your time visiting, and a little bit about my most recent trip. If you have any questions at all, 
If you would like any suggestions, if you have any comments, feedback, anything, please don't hesitate to reach out. I think that you can reach out on Spotify or you can DM me on TikTok um, where we are and let me know what you think. But stay tuned for our next episode. We are going to be back next Thursday and we can't wait to see you there. So thank you for listening today. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider following and giving us a review. This will help others like you find us and stay tuned. Where will we wonder about next week? Tune in next Thursday to find out. Thanks so much.